When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. He'll just dump one off and it's intercepted. Odell Willis has it. Tipped it up into the air and then pulled it down. The Merrick Commonwealth comes up with the interception. Rebound comes off the boards. Two on two Oilers. McDavid has a step to the net. Back hitter towards high scores. Connor McDavid scores both goals tonight and wins the game and home for breaking news on your favorite teams. Now, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Hey, Brendan, I got something for you. You know what this is? They were all looking for more. Backhander score! Five on Jacob Markstrom and Louis DeBrus must be the touch. Edmonton's broken it open. One Oilers, Taylor Hall with his team leading 26th of the year. You know what that is? Would that be Taylor Hall's last goal in an Oilers uniform, Ta- Reed? Taylor Hall's last goal as an Oiler. Final Ooh. game at Rexall against Vancouver. Louis DeBrusque was uh, up with Jack and Bob doing an interview. Taylor Hall put in the backhand. That was it. Taylor Hall off to New Jersey. It's probably still sinking in for a lot of you. Adam Larson's coming to Edmonton. Who else will be coming? Milan Lucic, perhaps. Free agency launches at 10 a.m. Mountain Time. We're going to have special coverage starting at 11 a.m. tomorrow right here on 630. Chad will sign on earlier if the Oilers do do something right off the hop. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Reed Wilkins with you inside sports on 630. Chad, Brendan Ulrich in studio. How long you stay? At least an hour. It'll be fun, buddy. Uh, you can always chime in, text 630-630, the phone number is 780-496-0063. On a much more serious note than what we usually talk about on this show, we do have some severe weather, certainly near Pinocchio, uh in the Edmonton area. You're our eyes and ears out there, remember that. So if you see something significant or something you need to tell other people about, the number to our newsroom is 780-466-NEWS. That's 466-6397. You can also text... 630-630. Our newsroom uh, has the texting line open uh, as well, and obviously we'll break into Inside Sports if we do need to let you know anything. Well, right now we're going to bring in Jeff Merrick from Sportsnet. Jeff, welcome back to Inside Sports, man. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing very well. It was nice to, uh, to catch up with you at the, at the NHL draft in Buffalo, Reed. And the, yeah, to, to everyone, uh, I'm just seeing pictures online right now of some of the weather, and man, everyone, be safe. I hope everyone's okay and and get through this one all right because this looks this looks a little bit frightening from this uh, this little boy in eastern Canada. Yeah, there's some ugly clouds out there for sure, and it was great to finally meet you in person after four or five years of phone conversations right? and uh, and, uh, and interview. I, I just like doing that because it's like people know I actually exist. I'm not just a computer generated <laughs> voice or something. Well, it's funny because I always come back to these trips, whether it's you know the draft or the Winter Classic or or whatever Stanley Cup playoffs. And and I'll say to my wife, hey, you know, I, I came back from Buffalo. Hey, I finally, I finally got to meet Reed Wilkins. Just how long have you been doing his show? And I said, gee, I don't know, four years, five years now. And she goes, you've never met him. I said, no, it's a, it's kind of a weird business we work in. 
I feel left out. I never met Jeff Merrick. Brendan so Ulrich. One day, one day. So one day you will. You're lucky. We're <laughs> getting a new rink. Lucky, <laughs> We're getting a new rink. The draft will probably be here by by the end of the decade, hopefully. Uh, Jeff, is Milan Lucic going to be here by the end of the day tomorrow? <laughs> Sounds like it. Sounds very much like it. I mean, it looks like his uh, his ex general manager is uh, once again going to be his general manager. Outside chance for Dallas. Uh, we know that Dallas is very much interested in the services of Milan Lucic, but all indications uh, that I've gotten today indicate that uh, that Milan Lucic will be in Edmonton Oilers. Now, there's a, there are a lot of rumors going around about the deal. I mean, the most extravagant one out there is six and a half million dollars per season for seven years, which obviously would be more than Taylor Hall was getting, and yep. it, it would take Lucic into, well, right into his mid-30s. We're talking 35, 35 years old. That That's the one point about this, Jeff, that, that I think is going to scare Oilers fans, is maybe the potential length of the deal. That's exactly it. And on, on free agency, I, I don't really concern myself so much with money because, you guys know, you can live with a short-term big-money deal. Um, it comes off the books quickly. But what, what really kills you is term. And, and that's the one thing that I'm always fascinated by on free agent day. Like, you know, does Brian Campbell go back to Chicago for only one more year uh, at a deeply discounted rate, which we kind of all expect to happen? Um, does Milan Lucic end up an Edmonton Oiler? I think the number we're all sort of looking at is, is somewhere in that six and a half, maybe upwards of seven range. The question to me is, you know, how long is this contract? and How much of a home run is this going to be? For Milan Lucic because it may look good to start. He's 28 years old. It may look good for the first few years, but when you have something like six and a half million dollars, and this is that this is that area where you get into a lot of trouble between five and seven million dollars. Those types of players, if you have them on longer term deals and they are not performing, that really does pull back your franchise. Jeff, it is interesting. Uh, we've heard Montreal, Vancouver as two teams may be interested, but it sounds like maybe they're backing away here out of the Derby, and all of a sudden in comes Dallas. So maybe it's like, okay, Dallas maybe driving the price up here a bit because a day or two ago, it seemed like the terms that we were discussing a lot were six years, six million a season. Now it seems like maybe it's seven years, maybe 6.5. So I don't know what what, what to believe and what not yeah. to believe, but it seems like maybe Dallas is driving this thing up. Uh, could be. I mean, it looks like Vancouver is, is, is very much out Montreal ditto. I mean, I think that Vancouver now turns their attention to Louis Erickson to see if they can bring him in. Um, but you're right, and, and that's the thing about free agency too, right? I mean, this is a well-told story. All you need is two. If you need two and you're the player, then you got it because you just play one against the other. Um, does Dallas want Lucic? Yes. Do they, think that, do they want him as desperately as Edmonton does? No. Uh, does the general manager uh, know Milan Lucic as well as Edmonton's general manager? No. You know, Pete Chirelli knows him quite well. Won a Stanley Cup with him. Thank you very much. I think that will be one of the deciding factors in Oh, yeah, getting a chance to play with Connor McDavid. That's not to take anything away from someone like Tyler Sagan. But we've said before, you know, the moment that the Edmonton Oilers drafted Connor McDavid, you know, you watch come free agent time how much of a, how much of a magnet he starts to, starts to uh, look at or starts to become when it comes to free agent attraction. Jeff, before we let you go, we we got to get your reaction to yesterday. I mean, that wild twenty three minutes, Oof. but but obviously the uh, the haul for Larson uh, story ruled the day. I think it's probably going to rule the week or the month uh, story wise yeah. when it comes to the to the Edmonton s- sports scene. I mean, rather than getting emotional about the trade yesterday, I was trying to break it down as okay, let's let's f- try to figure out why, based on what Shirelli had said and what we can infer and what the market must, yeah. must be like, you're not sitting here in the Edmonton market. How are you looking at that? 
I mean, on, on, I'll tell you what, here's the story. I mean, it was weird the way everyone had their almost JFK slash 9-11 moments yesterday. All of a sudden, everyone on Twitter had to say exactly what they were doing in that 35 minutes. It became like this confessional uh, for everybody. Where were you when all these big deals went down? And I'll be honest with you, I, I first got a text, and all it said on it was, Paul for Larson. I said to myself, oh, well, that's, that's a nice trade for Edmonton. You know, it's tough giving up Taylor Hall. I'm a big fan, one of the best left wingers in the game. But they got Oliver Eckman Larson coming back the other way. Well, that's, that's a nice deal. We all like Oliver Eckman Larson. And then two minutes later, uh, <laughs> another text says, no, it's not Oliver Eckman Larson. It's Adam Larson. And the, the thing about it, too, is like, listen, Edmonton saves him some calorie cap space. You devote that to Milan Lucic, probably. Um, do you wait until the end of the summer to see the totality of the moves? Probably if you're being kind, because just as, as a one-off, what you've traded, I mean, all hockey players exist in two states, actual and potential. And you've traded an actual hockey player uh, who was at the top of his game and one of the best at his position in the NHL in exchange for potential. Right now, very solid second-pairing defenseman. We know that about Adam Larson, and he has the potential to be a first-pairing, legit number-one guy. We just, I don't think... Uh, we just don't know that yet. So, jury's still out on Adam Larson. If he becomes what many thought he could when he was drafted by the New Jersey Devils, then it's a lot more palatable. But as an outsider, you know, I'm not in Edmonton. I'm not in New Jersey. Just looking at this one, this one just as a as a one-for-one one deal, not the totality of the summer's moves, this one looks like it's a big win for the New Jersey Devils. Yeah, Jeff, I wanted to go back to the draft at, at the point when Adam Larson was drafted because I know you're you're a prospects guy. You follow junior hockey a lot, although, yep. of course, he played in Sweden, but he was, of course, you're still following the situation sure. the build up yeah. to the draft. Is he, uh, at this point of his career, he's 23, is he at where you expected him to be, and what did you expect him to be back then? And are we starting to see that? Are you still sort of, you know, the jury's still out? Started to see it uh, more so than ever this season. I mean, he had a number of false starts under Peter Gore with the New Jersey Devils, was healthy scratch a number of times, and for significant amounts of time, reduced ice time as well. He really, now to be blunt, guys, he had a tough go with Peter DeBoer uh, with the New Jersey Devils. Um, so that that was a tough entrance entrance point into the NHL. We know the New Jersey Devils like to season their guys in the American League. They don't like to put them right into the National Hockey League. That's a well-told story. Um, so in, in some ways, his progress, in my estimation, was set back because he just didn't see eye to eye uh, with Peter DeBoer. This year, a much better situation for Adam Larson. Like, he's not going to come in and he's not going to come up and, and put up 60 points. Like, he's not that guy. He's not too bad. He's not Carlson. Um, but what he can be is a lot closer to what Hampus Lindholm is, I think, in, in Anaheim, where it's nothing spectacular, but it's really safe, steady, smart hockey. That's what we've always said about Adam Larson. We've never expected him to be closer to Carlson, I see him as somewhat, you know, somewhat closer to what Hampus Lindholm brings to the Ducks and what Eric Carlson brings to the Ottawa Senators. Yeah, fair point. Hey, Jeff, thanks for fitting us in tonight, man. Happy Canada Day. Enjoy your free agent work tomorrow, buddy. Always great to have you on the show. Yeah, as always, a pleasure, Reed. Brendan, thanks so much. And everyone uh, listening right now, please be safe tonight. Please be safe. Thanks a lot, Jeff. Well said. That is Jeff Merrick from Sportsnet chiming in. You can chime in as well, 780-496-0063. You can text 63630. Brendan, when we get back, let's get into the Lucic potential, the potential of the contract, and we'll find out what Oilers fans could potentially live with here in terms of money and term if it does indeed go that way. This is Inside Sports on 630 Chat.
You're listening to 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Well, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Brendan Ulrich, producer of Oilers Now. What else do you do here? You're the Eskimo sideline reporter. Ah, a little bit. Backup host on Oilers Now on this show. I help out where I can. You do do a lot. JJ says, trade Hall's bargain contract and pay seven times seven for Lucic. Geez, this team is run by monkeys. It's actually a joke. Jay Bueller says, if you were a computer-generated voice, the computer would have picked a better-looking Facebook profile photo. Michael says, what? Well, he thinks I'm funny-looking. Just there's truth to that. Reed's a good-looking cat. Well, thanks, buddy. Michael says, Barry straight across or Dumba plus picks for Nugent Hopkins is the current rumor. What's your take? What have you heard? Uh, well, we'll see what happens with Barry. But Barry's an RFA, right? As yeah. of Sounds like well, he wants big tomorrow, money, though, right? too, right? So, Look, I, I, think, I think if Nugent Hopkins straight across for Barry, I think the Oilers would have to do that. I'm not as interested in Matthew Dumba. Boy, a Barry is a proven point guy, whereas Dumba, you're sort of wondering what he will be. So, yeah. I'd yeah, do you need to add over. another? And, and Larson's, I, I think Larson is better than Dumba. Oh, yeah. That's fair. Chris from Phoenix has phoned in. Hello, Chris. Hey, brother. Uh, Ulrich needs a, uh, a raise. Uh, I think we should uh, petition the Oilers. They're paying, uh, you know, ham- or they're paying uh, Housen and Lowe and and uh, that uh, to, to collect donuts and get coffees and pizzas and stuff like that and, and basically hold Shirelli's hand. Uh, we need to pay uh, you and, uh, and Ulrich. Uh, get you guys a raise. Well, but the Oilers um, don't pay us. That's the only problem. <laughs> yeah. Call, well, call well, Sid Smith. He, we, he runs 630 Chad. Well, <laughs> they, they should, considering they're paying people to essentially do nothing but get donuts and, and just, you know, guide people through the uh, through the new uh, arena and stuff like that. So, But anyway. Uh, Chris, you should be getting paid for all the times Larson, you call in. You're almost like a... <laughs> I don't know if you hearing about this Larson, it's actually... He actually sounds like a pretty solid defenseman. And, if, and, and I know we were talking about Hampus Lindholm and would you do a Hampus Lindholm for Taylor Hall? And I know a lot of the guys were, you know, saying that they would. So if he could turn into, a, a, at the very least, a, a Hampus Lindholm, then I'm good with it. Because, you know, the, the overall, the, the basis of having a, a good defenseman is not always to put up a, a ton of points, but to eliminate and to reduce the amount of goals we give up. So if we can, if he could turn into a solid shut down guy that can contribute here and there, then I'm happy. Um, it still sucks to lose Hall, but, you know, I can get over it as long as we get to the to the ultimate uh, goal of actually making the playoffs. Uh, as for the Barry, if, if Barry is truly available and it takes Ryan Nugent Hopkins, well, guess what? Uh, well, we're going to have to do that, right? Because we, uh, we need to get somebody back there. The question I have, and I have a couple of them, is if we do end up getting Barry, He's a right shot defenseman, I believe, right? Is he not? Yeah. Yes. Uh, who do you, do you pair? We have to pair him with with somebody that's a solid uh, defenseman. Uh, I don't think a Sekera and Barry would work. Uh, I don't know. I'm not, not not too sure how good Barry is defensively. Would you put I, Davidson I, I, with Barry? Davidson with Barry would work then. Um, and then if we do trade Nugent Hopkins, do you see us going after? Uh, a Bacchus type player or somebody a little bit under that to Pro- fill the third line center position? Probably somebody a little bit under that, but yes, I mean, that's what I wonder, Chris, because a lot of the 
I mean, we didn't really have Larson's name until about 48 hours before the trade, maybe even less, because Bob kind of put it out there. I mean, there's there's because some there's some there's somebody out there that Peter Shirelli likes and has his eye on that we don't even expect. That's probably just a solid hockey player. And, you know, one of the many reasons the Oilers have been bad is that they haven't had enough average players. And I'm not saying that you have to set the bar low, but a lot of players in the NHL are kind of good at one or two things and then are just sort of okay at a bunch of things. The Oilers haven't even had that. There's probably a center in the third line that you can find that is, you know, okay at a couple things, maybe isn't great, but he fills that hole if you don't have a Nugent Hopkins. Or, or essentially, if we do try to get the home run and you go after a backus, you can always have a backus, which I doubt we're going to be able to get anyway, but I'm just saying, hypothetically, if we were to land him, you put him on the second line, and then you can always, you can always put Dreisaitl on the wing like you were trying to, and then you have, you know, you have some, some decent, uh, decent two lines, and then, and then go from there. But, uh, yeah, we'll see. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm getting excited. I'm getting scared. All these <laughs> it's okay, Chris. Now. We gotta go, buddy. We'll talk to you again tomorrow, probably. Okay. All right, man. Yeah, I don't know if ba- if the Oilers are going to be in on back. Backus, yeah, yeah, that'd be a good pickup. No doubt about that. But that's a lot of money. If you're all of a sudden trading Nugent Hopkins for Barry, that's what five million for Barry, five and a half on a long-term deal he would want. And then all of a sudden you're going out and getting Backus and Lucic. That's that's a ton of money that we're adding all of a sudden when it comes to uh, needing to sign Nugent Hopkins, of course, McDavid and Drysaddle down the road. By the way, I can tell you that. The tornado warning for Pinoca has ended. There is still a thunderstorm warning, so there's still severe weather in the area, uh, but now a severe thunderstorm warning instead of a tornado warning. So you still got to be safe and watch the skies and, and be sheltered there, uh, but it's thunderstorm, not tornado. Jerry says, what happened to the saying it takes four to six years to grow a defenseman? If that's the case, isn't Adam Larson ahead of the curve? Well, he's probably on par with the curve. I mean, he's played 274 games, and he's uh, been in the league five years, so he's around the point where he should be becoming what he's going to be. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. Sing it, John Bond, sing it. This is a band called Bon Jovi, Brendan. You were telling me the other day you want to learn more about 80s rock. <laughs> Fine example of it right here. My mom loves Bon Jovi. Oh, great. I know a little bit about Bon Jovi. I'm probably older than your mom. That's the weird thing. Uh-huh, no, I don't think so. Well, it's probably close. Reed Wilkins, Brendan Ulrich with you inside sports on 630 Chet. Thanks for tuning in. We will sign on at 11 a.m. tomorrow morning or earlier if the Oilers do something to cover... NHL free agency. A couple of texts here before we bring in Rocket on the phone line. Jared says, gentlemen, as long as we sign Lou Cheech, I'm more than fine with this trade, even if he costs $6 million times six years. Derek says, the problem with the Oilers the last five years is that Hall was the best player. He's a good player with a good contract, nothing more. If Hall was making seven and a half per year, he would be yet another player. Fans would hate and drive out of town. We don't need another 29th place finish. Time for a real change. Bring on Lucic. That is from Derek. And that's an interesting side to the argument because we've definitely had people say, oh my God, this can't get any worse. Just change something. And then other people who say, well, wait a minute. 
Shirelli, you changed something, but that was the wrong change. You can't just do do just can't just change anything. You got to make the right move. So that debate will rage on most of the summer. Yeah, but it's done into now, the so we need to move on and figure out. Okay, how do you replace Hall's offense in the lineup? I think well, that's won't. the next question. They he will they will not directly replace Hall's offense. Yeah. He will try that's to have a better team as a whole. But now you need to find somebody that can contribute some of that offense, and maybe that's Lucci. So at this point, if it costs you six million, I sort of think the Oilers need to explore that need to get serious and maybe pull the trigger on that but if we're talking seven years six and a half or seven million that's when i say oh boy i don't know if i want to go that far it would be nice not to have to go quite that far but maybe they have to but he may have to (laughs) we got rocket on the line hey rocket hey how you doing reed doing great yeah, you know, I think uh, Lucic, ideally, you're not going to, four years is a pipe dream. Five years would be ideal. Six years, six years I could live with. Seven years, I think, is too much. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think when we acquired Larson, I'm looking at Shirelli's press conference, and, you know, he said there were a number of reasons why we got him. And I think... Um, a lot of those reasons, probably 90% of them, were based on you know his uh, his play. But there's another spin on this I want to throw by you. In Edmonton, it's been hard to attract anybody, and it's hard to attract. It's been hard to attract anybody because our defense core has been so weak. Shirelli has proved not only to Edmontonians, but he's proved to the NHL in general that changes are coming in Edmonton which is a good thing. And this is what we're doing. And he made a move on Larson right away. He didn't wait because he felt if he waited, he'd, you know, the, the opportunity would pass him by. And now that other players and teams are seeing movement, you know, you have the new building, you got Connor McDavid. I think it just adds to the domino effect of being able to attract other defensemen that a year ago or two years ago or three years ago or ten years ago wouldn't even have thought of coming here. And I think that picture has changed since we brought Peter Shirelli in, into Edmonton. Rocket, I don't and know I just if you, wanted your thoughts on that. Well, I don't know if you listened yesterday to the whole thing, but I asked Shirelli yesterday, is this another sign that, you know, sort of this is your team? This is the identity of the team you want. You came in last summer, you drafted McDavid. Hall's associated with the previous rebuild. And you know I hate that word. He's associated with the previous rebuild. And Shirelli said, well, I'm sure people will look at it this way, but really I just wanted to improve improve the defense. But you're right. I mean, a lot of people um, say people don't want to play in Edmonton for X reason. And some of those might be accurate, but I think the biggest reason is is that the team hasn't been able to has been crawling around blindly in a basement. No, but we've been slamming our own management for like six years, and you don't think that gets around in the league? You mean as as fans? As fans, yeah. Well, you know, yeah, but I media think that... in Edmonton. I mean, Edmonton management has been under scrutiny ever since we, well, right, you know, but... since before Shirelli, right? So, but, who, but right, who in their right friggin' mind is going to come here <laughs> when the management is a disarray, not even looking at the team? Well, sure, but I think even if there were no fans and media's, even even if the NHL was only the seven hundred players that play and the coaches, they still would know the standings, right? So, 
Well, yeah, that's that's true too. But I mean, like you know, if you're if you're an up and coming team with all these draft picks, and you look at Edmonton with all the draft picks, and and not having any kind of success with all the draft picks, that's a negative, not a positive, right? Like that's a negative for the previous management not to be able to at least climb up into well, the sure. well, mid teens, at least. Yeah, right? there like, was there was never an up year. Like if you look at Montreal in 2010, they were in the East final. What was it, two or three years later, they were down in the bottom three with the Oilers, and a couple of years after that, they were in the East final again. Now this year, they were down again. I mean, that's kind of a normal six- or seven-year cycle. You have two really good years, maybe three average years, and two really bad years, as opposed to just seven bad years. Exactly, yeah. Rocket, thanks for so, calling, buddy. Oh, sorry, welcome. were you done? Okay, he's... Yeah, I think he's gone. He uh, did mention the perception changing a bit, and the fact that Lucic, I know whatever, we're offering the term he wants, money he wants, but to be... The fact that the Oilers are on the short list here, and we've heard teams like Montreal, Vancouver, they, those are nice cities to live in. They've been eliminated from the mix. The Oilers are still in the mix. So I think it is changing. Players well, will want to sign here. Again, it's about a, a lot of it. And it depends on the player and the situation. It's about relationships, and it, it can be about past experience. Yeah, positive relationships. Right, so, yeah. I mean, here's the thing. If you work for a company and you really liked your boss, and then you go somewhere else for a couple of years and he goes somewhere else, and then he has a chance to hire you again, and you really like working together, that and money might trump. <laughs> and I mean, even for, I mean, I know it's, and I don't know why so many Edmontonians do it, but for some reason it's cool to crap on Edmonton, even by people who live here, which I don't understand. But that's a whole topic for another yeah. show. But if you're looking like, even for Lucic, well, he's, you know, his family's in Vancouver. It's a pretty short flight, relatively speaking, in the NHL. To, to travel home. Uh, I mean, I know Vancouver's warmer than Edmonton, but he, he's lived through snow. He knows what snow is. I mean, snow's in Boston. He didn't run crying out of Boston because they got snowstorms. So, I mean, yeah. sometimes you gotta you got to weigh everything a little more logically, right? Well, Pierre Lebrun's been all over this, and he's said basically that there's 10 to 12 teams at the start of this that were in on Lucic, and now it's, what, down to two teams, he said earlier today. And he expects one of those teams to be Edmonton, so... Take that for what it's worth. Got Jeff on the line as well. Hey, Jeff. Hey, I just wanted to say I love the trade. How come? Um, I think the Oilers are going to, in the long run, are going to come out ahead on this one. And secondly, I think Taylor Hall's a bit overrated. You take his 80-point season away, you're left with injury-filled seasons and subpar seasons. So, you know, it's great to say you have a Ferrari in the garage, but if it's always broken, it ain't that great. Well, he's played six years. Three of them he missed significant time with injury, and three of them he played a full schedule or, or pretty close to a full schedule. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I Personally, Jeff, I never looked at him as, as, as injury-prone. I guess we'll see what happens throughout his career. He's a pretty good player when he's on his game, though. I mean, I, I, I mean he's, had, he's been in the top ten in scoring twice. That's pretty good. And yeah, if you look I, at the last four four years here, Jeff, points for 65 on five. He's top three in the league just after yeah, Crosby and Ben. That's with bad pucking, puck moving defenseman on the Oilers, a bad power play last year. So he's still putting up points, and a lot of it's five on five. Sorry, Jeff. That's one stat, though. No, that's, you can't, that's fair. You can't focus on one stat. But you said he was overrated, so that's why I'm sort of taking offense well, to that. Look, Look up his numbers last season and how they declined as the second half of the season started. Right. He's, his first 50 games were better than his final 32. That's kind of the 
Oh, miles ahead. They yeah. were I mean, night and day. I mean, first 45, 50 games, I was like, in terms of an all-round game, might have been the best I ever saw him play. Like, back-checking, oh, uh, hard on he, the puck, but it tailed off like a lot of guys last year. Oh, I totally agree. He played, when he started the last season, he looked like he was going to finish in top 10 again, but he tailed off. Good players pick up second half of the season. Jeff, thanks for thanks for calling. Uh you know, fair. I, 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 you know, I, I don't think Hall is overrated. Yeah, um, I think that was a little too far. But, the but, points you made about defense are fair. Well, Jeff and Jeff's being optimistic, where he's saying maybe in two years we say, "Oh, Larson's really valuable." Yeah. We that's that's my thing. One for one, this trade is to me like, oh my god, I can't believe it. Yeah, I'm with you on that. But again, I I got to judge what's on the ice. It's, it's hard for me to get mad about losing games on Thursday, June 30th, when the games aren't played until October. That's the thing. This portion of the show brought to you by Action Furnace, home of the fixed right or its free guarantee. Visit actionfurnace.ca. Danny from Vegreville. Danny, say hi to the egg for me. He says, the reason the Oilers are in the mix is because we're the only team dumb enough to pay him six times seven or even worse, seven times seven. Well, here's the thing, Danny. Um, <coughs> sorry, I don't know about dumb, but they're de- certainly desperate might be a word. I mean, they were that. Shirelli was that desperate to get a right-handed defender, who, like Jeff said, you're trading actual for potential. That that they traded Taylor Hall for that. So, I, I don't. I, I mean, look. I know people are gonna. Some people will be mad if Shirelli and will label him as dumb if he does sign Lucic for that that money. Is it dumb, or is it desperate to get an element that's been lacking from the lineup? That you realize you might he might not have at the end of that term. Uh, yeah, I think right now he still can play for the next two or three years, and we'll see after that. But I, I talked to uh, John Rosen over LA uh, about three or four weeks ago on Oilers Now, and he basically said Lucic picked up steam and got better as the season went along. So I think right now he's fine. Um, maybe he changes the style. He plays a little bit, dials it back a bit, and at the end of the contract, he's still okay. I'm playing with McDavid. I just need to, you know, get open. Maybe open up some ice for him by throwing some hits and using my body. But maybe I'm not going to be looking for trouble like I used to be when I was 26, 27. So maybe he changes his game a bit at the end of his contract. But for now, I think for the next three or four years, it, it, the contract would be okay. Well, and. Uh- and I, I know to some extent, and even in my own mind, I'm rationalizing what's going on here. Because there's no doubt, Peter Shirelli's taking risks here. There's yeah. no doubt about that. He's willing to take risks. Now, at the, at the same time, if he if he comes back with the same roster, that's a pretty big risk too, because yeah, this roster fair. just finished second last in the league. Connor McDavid is the centerpiece of the team. And I have stated several times, you, the Oilers basically wasted a third of Taylor Hall's career, did not play a playoff game. Peter Shirelli has to kind of say to the fans and to Connor McDavid, I'm putting as the best possible team I can around you right now. And maybe i got to take risks and do things that might be quote-unquote dumb to some fans, but I, but, I, but I have to do it because I can't waste you being a star on a team in 25th place. Well, that's a great point. You think that's a statement he's trying to make? I think it might be. Well, yeah, you want to keep Connor happy. That's a, I mean, winning is number one. Prior to number two might be okay. We need to keep Connor happy to a fair extent. We need to win here, and we need to show him that we're trying to make improvements. That That is a great point, a different way to look at it. I don't think we've really dissected uh, that aspect of things 
a whole lot here. So, I mean, we don't want in six years Connor McDavid never playing a playoff game. Else, you know what? He'll say this isn't working here, and I I want to be out. To, I want to move on. We got Jared on the line. Jared, thanks for calling. Hi guys. Uh, I would like to. Uh, okay, well. I don't like we overpaid for Larson, but that's okay because we had to. It had to be done. As long as we get Lucic, um, it's all good. But uh, I don't want like you guys are talking Barry for Nuge, and uh, I I think that defensemen cost too much right now. And for us to trade a top asset for to to get another good D man, no. If we could trade next year's first, or you know like something that's not them, but no way you trade Nuge. Like uh, I I like. Uh, McClellan talks about him being comparable to Pavelski, so so like you put him, him and Drysaitel could play on the same wing, on the same line, and put one on the wing, and we got a backup center. And no way, we keep the three centers. I say that's my opinion, anyways, guys. Well, see, to me, there could be a bigger hole down the middle than there might be at left wing. Right? Yeah, no, but at the right wing we're lacking now. Well, and after they're like, Lucic comes. Yeah, I mean, I I like the idea of Leon on the right wing. The, the this is the thing he's going to have to add a center. He Peter Shrelly is going a to third, have to add though, a center. A third center. Yes, because Mark Letestu can play the fourth. That's fine, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you heard Mark in studio with his dad a couple years ago. He said himself, "I played too much. I wasn't going to tell the coach not to play me, but I do. I do. I wasn't brought in to play that mm-hmm. much on the power play and the third line." So and I I think uh, I think for the price like I don't even think Nuge for the price that we had to pay for Larson I don't even think Nuge himself is going to get us uh, Barry like we're going to have to pay more and like that's ridiculous. Yeah, it depends if how that relationship is going with the Avalanche because there appears to be some bit of a breakdown there between the the, the two sides given some of the things that have been said. Jared, thanks for calling. Okay. Thanks, guys. You too. We still know the Oilers need a puck-moving defense and read. Maybe a guy that was bought out today by uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets, that's James Wojnowski, oh, might make a little bit of sense. Maybe that's a guy, they instead of trading, like you said, Ryan Eugene Hopkins for uh, Barry, maybe you say, okay, we'll take a shot at Wojnowski, one-year deal. What do you pay him? Like, it would be cheap. be cheap. Yeah, and he's proven would he's be... a 50-point defenseman in the past. Right. Five-on-five. Five. Not great, but then maybe you know you again you rely on Larson to be your five on five defender. That's lower, and let's see who else they can try to get in a trade first. But maybe that's a guy they look at. I forgot to mention, by the way, the Oilers have put Lori Korpakowski on waivers for the purpose of a buyout. He will be bought out, obviously, uh, so he'll have a half million dollar cap hit next year, and then a one million dollar cap hit the year after that. Korpakowski fell out of favors with a lot of fans. I understood why he was brought in. Uh, I thought he worked hard. Um, Clearly didn't they wasn't able to produce what the Oilers were hoping. He did get a hat trick in that one game. Honestly, I if he would have been back in a fourth line role, it wouldn't have bothered me. But I think it would have bothered yeah. a lot of people. Just maybe one maybe more, one more year of Korpakoski wouldn't have killed you. Maybe uh, maybe I was too forgiving towards Laurie Korpakoski. Jeremiah, you're up next on the phone lines. Quick timeout though. Inside Sports on Chet. Your home for breaking news and expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. The Cleveland Indians have won 12 straight, looking to make it 13 in Toronto tonight. The Indians are up 3-1, bottom of the seventh inning. A couple of CFL games tonight. We'll update you on those as we move along as well. Reed Wilkins with you inside sports on 630 Ched. Brennan Ulrich sitting in studio as we get ready for free agency tomorrow. Who will the Oilers add? 
This texture says, Hi, Reed, isn't Justin Schultz a right-handed defenseman? Think he would fit under the Oilers' cap structure. Another texture says, Reed, is it worth paying Lucic the kind of money that's being tossed around? That's a fortune to pay for an aging guy when you're going to have to have Connor demanding a huge contract in only a few years. Well, that's, I mean, that, that's what, that's the whole crux of what Shirelli has to, he has to measure the risk of overpaying a guy to try to make the team better immediately, if he can, all round as a team. Jeremiah's on the line. Hello. Hey, Reed. How you doing? Doing great. Good. Couple comments here. Um, where did all of a sudden Everly get uh, kind of, uh, I guess, sheltered or his name not thrown out into trade talks is my kind of first point. Well, I think because we've seen the price you got to pay for D, so probably nobody really wanted Everly in, in terms of something that the Oilers wanted in return, and I think probably also the Oilers' depth down the right side isn't what it is on the left, even though they drafted Pugliarvi. What's your other question? Okay, and then my other question there is, uh, um, <coughs> if they do get Lucic, like, I think that, uh, McDavid already found a player that he has some pretty good chemistry with last year at the end in uh, what's his face? Maroon? Yeah. So <clears throat> I think it'd be kind of dumb to break that chemistry up right away, right? Well, historically, Lucic is a better scorer than Maroon. Maroon did, hasn't scored at the pace he did with the Oilers in his career. You got to remember that, I think. Though, though, I mean, you can't argue with what Maroon did. He looked really good. Cool. Anyways, and yeah, as far as as far as uh, Hall's kind of uh, departure, you know, maybe some of this might come out later on or whatever. But maybe there's dressing room stuff that you know. There's no coach that's going to say, oh, no, he was shitty in the dressing room or whatever, but it's, you know, if it's, if players see this, right, there's 20 players in the room and they all see just to say if there's dressing room issues, right, that's, that's the way to, you got to eliminate that, right? All right. Thanks, Jeremiah. Well, I know Peter Shirelli said yesterday there were no other issues other than uh, than making a hockey trade. Snow Monkey says, uh, hey, Reed, you nailed it. Shirelli needs to build the best team he can, given the assets he has right now to do justice to McDavid's career. The Oilers have a lot of mismatched cards in their deck, and now it's time to balance out the suits, even if that means building a playoff contender tomorrow rather than a Stanley Cup contender, maybe possibly someday perhaps. That is Snow Monkey. Uh, Jeff says, Reed, if Hall plays a full season and finishes in the top 10 in scoring in the NHL playing on New Jersey, I will take back what I said and will say I was wrong on the air. So is he predicting that Hall will finish in the top 10? I think he's going to, to tell you the truth. He might. He might. <laughs> playing out east, less travel. He doesn't have to play St. Louis, he, Nashville all the time. He's going to be like on that. another low-scoring team, so we'll see. I mean, and let's get, though, Here's the thing you got to remind people. The Oilers have never been a high-scoring team. Yeah. In the last since Hall was, and again, that's not all on Hall. 
but they've never been a high-scoring team since he came into the league. I think 18th in goals four was the highest they were. Uh, Richard and Tony are up first after the news. You sticking around, Ulrich? Yeah. It's nice, to have, it's nice to have some company. While we're talking hockey for agencies tomorrow, what else would I rather be doing? Inside Sports on Chet. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.